there. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from a very special guest speaker who we're excited to have with us for this episode. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! I've been given an opportunity to speak to you this morning. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. I really don't. Um, the Lord has just put on my heart that I needed to speak with you this morning. It's unscripted. This is the, uh, other than first service, this is the first time that I have uh, spoken without an unscripted sermon. I just want to share with you a little bit about my walk, about my life. I believe that we are all in a spiritual battle. Whether you believe it or not, whether you can see it or not, um, this has just become so clear to me in the last couple of years. And so I'm going to walk through just a little bit, not of my testimony necessarily because that would just take too long, but I'm going to give a little highs and some lows in my life. And I'm going to ask you as I do this to think of your own life. Now, my life is not your life. Everybody's individual. And my details of highs and lows will not be the same as your details. But I think somewhere along the way, there may be some correlations. And so as I talk about my life, I want you to reflect on your own life. Thinking in terms that we're in a spiritual battle. Thinking in terms that when we're born, we're born into sin, that at that point, we are under the grasp of the enemy of the Lord. We are influenced by the spirit of this world, the evil spirit, the, the, the prince of this world. And at the moment that we get called, if we are called, if we find that, if we hear that calling, then we become blessed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And now we can hear two spiritual voices. We can hear the one from the evil one, and we can hear the Holy Spirit, the voice from the Father. And the battle is on. And so again, I'm just going to go through some highs and some lows. I want you to think about your own life while I do that. Um, I was fortunate enough to be raised by some Christian parents who were actually in attendance this morning, and uh, I'm grateful for that. I was baptized when I was six years old, and so I know at six years old, I had the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of me. Wonderful. I was always an uh, active little dude. Um, I always um, liked attention. I always liked to lead rather than follow. Um, we didn't have middle school when I went to school here in DeKalb County. We had elementary school and high school. So in, in elementary school, I was uh, active in, the, we, had, uh, we had politics in elementary school, and I was actually student council president in seventh grade. Um, I played sports, uh, baseball, soccer, even football. You know, at some point in time, all the guys were the same height as me, and then everybody took off and they left me behind. So I, I didn't play football very long. But when I played these sports, um, I strived. I tried to do my best. And so I, was, I served as captains of a lot of these teams. And 
I got MVP trophies and stuff like that. And, and then later in high school, um, I was blessed with the intelligence through God and took a lot of advanced classes. And in senior year, uh, I got voted as one of the senior, senior superlatives most, most likely to succeed. Um, I was smart enough and passed. A, I made a great enough score on the old uh, SAT where I, I got to attend Georgia Tech for seven, eight weeks before I decided that was not going to be my path, and uh, I dropped out. Uh, but again, you know, blessed with a mind and a chance for a higher education at a, a pretty smart school. Um, I joined the Army uh, shortly after that, and I uh, got all my promotions on time, kind of excelled there, got plucked out of my platoon, got to work in the office with the first sergeant and the company commander, and and once again, got a chance to kind of lead guys. I carried the God on, which is the company flag. And so every time we went somewhere, I, once again, I was kind of in the lead. Um, exercising, we'd carry the flag, and I'd run laps around the guys while we were running. And it was a lot of fun. I got out of the Army, and um, I started learning how to be a plumber somewhere around 1986. And, and um, eventually, after 15 years or so, I got to start my own business, um, I was able to raise two families um, over the 20 some odd years of self-employment, blessed. It was, was actually a period of time right before the economic crash in 2006, 7, 8, whenever that was. A, it was like a three-year period where my company actually, uh, which was quite small, just me and four other dudes, actually made a million dollars. Been married, got some wonderful kids. It's been good. Now let's go back. Got baptized when I was six, and sometime around 12 or so, I started smoking pot hash. About a year or so later, I was dabbling in pharmaceuticals and alcohol and all kinds of things, and I don't necessarily agree that marijuana is a gateway drug to hell, but at 12 years old and through that adolescent period, put me in the company of some uh, uh, shady people and some unguided other little people that were my age. And uh, it took me down a really hardcore uh, path um, where I was addicted to all kinds of things by the time I was 17, 18 years old. Um, basically was asked to leave my house uh, by my my father, because I was driving my mother insane. Um, I did join the Army, and I did get on-time promotions, and I did excel there as a leader. Well, they made me really mad one day. They kind of let me down in a big way when I went to re-enlist to get into the Rangers, and they dropped their part of the deal, and I wasn't getting in. I got super angry. I ended up going AWOL for six months, and during that period of time, I was so angry. I was, you know, like I said, you can imagine my, my, my teenage years already filled with drugs and alcohol and sex, and now I'm in the Army, and then they made me mad, and I went off the deep end, and I was really angry at everything. And so I started praying to the devil for power and reciting the Lord's Prayer backwards. Uh, I wanted revenge. I, I, I just... I felt hate. My advice to you is don't, don't ever do that, please. Uh, that is the wrong thing to do. 
um, I got what I asked for. And that, that, that sent me into a couple years of probably the darkest period of my entire life where I had no emotions, zero. I didn't care who I hurt. I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about life. I cared about nothing. That accumulated and, and finally peaked about a year or so, year and a half after I was out of the Army. Um, with me out on the front stoop of a rental house that I was living in with my girlfriend, her brother, just crying my eyes out. I was so messed up, so broken. I was drinking like a fifth of bottle of tequila every night and smoking and all kinds of things. And I called my dad and begged him for help. And we found a rehab, and I went through that. And got my life back together for a while. Like I said, I've raised a couple of families, which means that I have been married more than once. I'm on my third marriage. I love my current place in life. But as you can see, I've had many blessings and many opportunities, and I've also had many lows and made many bad decisions. I hope you all have been thinking about your own life and maybe thinking about the blessings that you've received. Maybe you've squandered some. Maybe you've wandered some, just like I have. I just want you to be honest about where you are. And again, we are in a spiritual battle. And you have no choice. You're either serving the enemy which is serving yourself, serving your flesh, serving your own desires, you're living in the world, or you're serving God. There is no gray area in between. You're on one side of the fence or the other. Would you put Galatians five nineteen through 22 up, please? As we're thinking about our own lives, and as I just discussed mine, if you want to kind of do a gut check, I don't have any wise words myself. Anything that I say of any value comes from the Lord, and the wisest words that were ever written in print are in our Bible. And so we're going to use that as a, as a reflective place so that we can think about our lives and so that we can think about which, which spirit has more influence on us at this particular time. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Stop right there. You knew that was coming, didn't you? Divisions. Man. Can you see how divided we are as a mankind right now? Can you see the game that the enemy is playing? You know, just as we serve one spirit or the other, um, we are also hands and feet of one team or the other, if you will. Um, we use the term hands and feet of Jesus because 
Obviously, Jesus is not currently living here. We're blessed with the Holy Spirit, and we're asked to be the hands and feet of the church. Are we not? To serve one another, to serve the broken world. Well, if you're not on this side over here and you're on the, the enemy's side, you are acting, whether you know it or not, as the hands and feet of the enemy. And some people do it unknowingly just because they don't believe in God. They don't think that's real. Um, but if you can't see how power and money and those in charge have tried to divide us because they are in the enemy's camp, um, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't care how you feel about Donald Trump, and I ain't asking you to feel one way or another, but I remember when he, when he ran for office the first time, one of the things he said, we're, we're going to drain the swamp, right? Don't drain the swamp. Well, nobody's really drained the swamp yet. But bear in mind that God puts all governments in, in place. And not all of them are beneficial to mankind. Some of them have been pretty nasty, just like the Roman Empire. They were in charge. God allowed them to be in charge, right, for a certain reason, for a specific reason. And I think that I think that it is just my opinion. I think that one of the specific reasons that God brought Donald Trump up to the forefront in politics of America was to stir the pot so severely that all this hidden evil and all this stuff that was going on behind closed doors, it is now exposed. If you can't see the evil, I, I, I don't know what to tell you, right? I don't think it's so much of whether he was a good president or bad president as it was that God sent him there to make it evident to us as how prevalent division is in this world. And God does not divide. Division comes from the enemy. Oh, yeah. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't freak out. I've known people that beat people up with scriptures and that when we read that last line, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I want you to get all queasy and think that you're not going to heaven because you've done some of these things. I just rattled off a whole list of stuff that I've done. I've been, I've been all up and down that list, sometimes multiple times. There's this thing God gives us called grace. There's this thing God gives us called forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And he knows we're in a spiritual battle. And he knows we're going to have our struggles. He knows we got a past. He's going to forgive you straight up from that past, everything back there. right? But when that battle starts, when you accept Jesus, when you make that profession of faith, and you get that Holy Spirit in you, let's just say for sake of argument, you're 30 years old when that happens. You, you got 30 years of, of junk. You got 30 years of living in the world. This is, this is how you processed information. This is how you acted. This is how you responded. And now you have a choice, and the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you a new way. But all you've been hearing for the past 30 years is the old way. Right? So when you move forward, you're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do some of that stuff. Don't freak out. Right. Just keep pressing forward to keep your heart sincere. Keep looking for the Lord. And you're still going to inherit the kingdom of God because there's grace. We're not going to use grace as an excuse to keep going like we were going in the past. 
but I don't want you to freak out. Just realize you're in a huge war. I'm going to go back just a little bit and share some of my walk with you. Because I want you to know what it was a struggle for me to come to this place that I am today. I had a struggle. I had to fight. I haven't, I haven't uh, uh, maintained consistency sometimes. I'm not going to go too far back for time's sake because I kept first service in here for 50 minutes or something like that. I'm supposed to have 30. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to speak for 15, and I just kept going. Um, I came to this church about 16 years ago, thereabouts, and uh, I've joked about it in the past. I, when I came here, I had a drug problem because my girlfriend, my current wife at the time, this is my girlfriend and my, my current wife, well, she, she drugged me in here on Sunday mornings. I, did, I didn't really want to come. I sat back there somewhere, and, and uh, most Sunday mornings, I'm sure I smelled like Saturday night. And I started hearing Kevin's, Kevin's messages, and they started speaking to me, and I felt like everything that he came out of his mouth was just speaking directly to my heart. Somehow, somehow I had come to a place where I wasn't that six-year-old boy anymore. I wasn't going to church anymore because that's what my parents made me do, and that's what good people did. I, I, was, I was hearing something new. And I, I got interested. And so as my interest kept going, like I said, I've been married three times. At this time, I, w I was not married. I was scared to get married again. It wasn't working out for me. Uh, and so we lived together for quite some time. But I, I kept getting more and more interested. Sherry, my wife, kept getting more and more interested. And uh, we, we started coming to Wednesday night Bible studies and and uh, singing in the in the in the band that was up here, and Sherry started teaching Sunday school with the kids, and we were growing. Well, it it, uh, it came to a place in time where some folks were concerned that Sherry was in teaching Sunday school to little kids, uh, and that was that was uh, uh, frowned upon by some folks, I guess, because we weren't married. We we weren't we were we were being allowed by the leaders of this church to to teach uh, and being teaching roles and and not really fulfilling what God had for us, and so. Um, we got married. I finally, I finally bowed and, and uh, bowed out and uh, and got married, and so we were able to progress uh, in serving here. Though we had these things, and we still do. I wish they were more prevalent uh, than they are. But we had these things called small groups, and I had never been to a small group. And I advise you, if you are a member here or any other church. Uh, that you take advantage of, of anything your church offers that will place you together with other believers to do life other than just the hour or two that you come to service. It's imperative. It's, it's, it's crucial. It's critical that you surround your life with other believers. This is, this is what's going to help you grow. It's going to help you overcome things in your past. So anyway, we started this small group. There was a family that had recently come here. It was a husband and a wife, and then there was a, they were the, the senior husband and wives, and then they had an adult child who was also married, and so it was two sets, husbands and wives, 
when I'm in their 50s or so, somewhere around there, and the other couple in their late 20s or so, and they were on fire when they came up in here. And they started teaching Sunday school, and they was leading small groups, and I happened to join their small group, first time. Now, I'm, I'm coming out of 35, 40 years of being in the Southern Baptist, this being, being part of a Christian church is all new to me. Um, having this personal relationship with Jesus Christ uh, was, was all new to me. I'm, I'm, I'm very inquisitive. I'm wanting to learn. And so we joined this small group. We're at their house, I don't know, five, six weeks in a row doing life together. We'd have a meal, and we'd have a basic little study that we were going to study, and we'd have discussions, and it was awesome. When I was growing, and then I get a phone call from the guy that's leading the group. He says he wants to talk to me private. And I said, fine, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come on over to the house. No, I don't want to meet you at my house. Says, let's, pick, let's pick a neutral place somewhere. Said, that seemed kind of sketchy to me. It's all right, I didn't understand. So we chose, I think it was Starbucks coffee shop up here in Hiram. So I met him in there. And when we sat down, he's cordial, little small talk stuff for a minute or two. And then he just started nailing me on my head with these scriptures, telling me that I was a sinner. That I was, that I was at this time I wasn't married to Sherry yet. That, that that I was living in sin. That I wasn't married. That that I was supposed to leave Sherry that I've been living with for three, four years. I was supposed to leave her, go reconcile with my ex-wife, make all that stuff up, and that I was no longer allowed to come to his house to be in small group anymore. That that crushed me. That made me angry. It confused me. I didn't understand. But I had gained enough, I had gained enough maturity, enough desire in my own walk with Jesus to know that, that that wasn't right and surely this church wouldn't stand for that. And so I spoke to our pastor, Kevin, I spoke to some elders and, and uh, we have a great group of elders at this church. Their, their, their task is to pray for this body. Their, their task is to shepherd this body, to protect this body. And, and even in churches, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. The scripture tells us that, right? There's, 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 we're, we're all imperfect people, but, but some kind of go beyond that. They're influenced by this other spirit. So, uh, guess what? Them folks wasn't in our church very much longer. It didn't take long. The elders outed them. It turns out they had been doing similar things to some other people. While I was at marriage counseling prior to my second marriage, which was a 20-year marriage, I, I was at a big First Baptist church in Avondale Estates. And there was a time we went two or three times together and I went solo a time or two. And so the pastor was with me in one of my solo periods. And, and at that time, I was, I was, I don't know that I would say I was on fire for the Lord, but I had a desire. I knew I could feel the Lord calling me. And so I made mention to this pastor that I was thinking about going to seminary and learning to be a pastor. And he didn't, he didn't miss a lick. He looked at me and he said, you don't want to do that, son. He said, preaching's not what it used to be. He said, I used to be a preacher, but now I'm running a million-dollar business. And, and, and that's what the pastor of this big church told me. He crushed me. More than once along my walk, along my desire, even in church, 
you can be let down because we're imperfect people. I want you to make every effort to join a small group, to surround yourself with believers, to do life together. But I want you to be aware. Don't look for perfection in them. Don't set anybody up on a pedestal. The only truth comes from Jesus Christ. The only truth is in the Word. You can use these mature people to, to get advice, to, to learn from them example-wise. But don't get crushed should they let you down. Be aware that we're all in this this fight we're all in this battle it's 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 your job to do your walk to 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 develop a relationship with jesus on your own through his word we're going to start out we're going to start out as they say, when we, get the, when we get the Holy Spirit craving spiritual milk, the, the Scripture t- tells us. But the God doesn't want us to just keep hanging on to spiritual milk. What if, you're, what if y'all was all in here right now with your sippy cup and your little, your little formula bottle with your nipple on it sucking on it? You look pretty silly, wouldn't you? Right? You're older. You've grown, you've grown beyond that. Right? And, we, and we're, we're called to grow beyond just salvation. We're, we're called to start taking in some solid food. We need each other. We need mature. We need mature people ahead of us to help us through that. Right? We do. We put John six twenty seven and twenty nine up, please. says, do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. What's, what's the work that we do? What's the work? It's a believe in him whom he has sent. <clears throat> That's all we have the power to do is believe. That's it. We have the power to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, to believe in him, to surrender to salvation and keep surrendering. I can't call you. I can't save you. I can't change you. I can't do any of that. But Jesus can. The Holy Spirit can. Right? Sometimes we, we, make, we make this walk so difficult. We make this walk so difficult. We think we can't witness to people because we're not perfect. We think our testimony is invalid because we still got to struggle somewhere. No, no, no. Just believe in Jesus. Testify what Jesus has done for you. Keep walking with him. When we had Celebrate Recovery, we had this lesson. And in the lesson, we had, this, we had this statement in one of the lessons. And it said that there's two jobs in this life. There's God's job and there's your job. I want to say that. You can't do God's job. And that God won't do yours. You get that? You, you can't do God's job. 
and God won't do yours. He gives us this thing called free will. It's the greatest blessing that we've ever had. But it can also be the greatest curse that you ever had. Depending on, depending on which spirit you're going to give your will to. Right? God has the power to restore you, to heal you, to empower you. He, I promise you. I just think of all the knuckleheaded stuff I just told you that I've done and that I've been through and all the things that I've lost. Do you, do you know that every day when I wake up, God has provision for me? Do you know that God has love for me? Do you know that he fills me up to the point that when I get out there at work, when I'm socializing, I can, I can overflow because of his provisions that he has given to me. Even through all the stuff that I have done, as many times as I let him down, I keep chasing him. Our job is to allow him to change us. And the way we do that is by constantly learning to surrender. Surrender, surrender, surrender. That is the only work that we need to do. He will do all the mighty works. He will help you find compassion for the broken people. Right? He, he will just take care of you. And we have this great promise of eternity. Oh, which one was it? See, I wanted to prepare a sermon, but God said no. He let me write down a bunch of scriptures, but he wouldn't let me put them in order. I tried. Wouldn't let me do it. Would you put 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 through 18 up there, please? We're going to walk through some rough stuff, ain't we? Anybody walking through some rough stuff? Anybody ever walk through some rough stuff? Amen. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction. Sometimes it don't seem so light or momentary, does it? No. But I just turned 59 last August, about 60, and I've been through life long enough to know that everything comes in seasons. You just hold on during them rough patches, right? You hold on to the promises. It's light and momentary compared to the blessings that we are going to receive, the promises of God. Because this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Can I tell you that eternity is here now? It's even in this physical world. It's in your heart. It's everywhere. The Holy Spirit is moving through this room right now. I know he is because I prayed for it and so did so many other people this morning. He's moving in here right now. You, just because you can't see him don't mean he ain't here. We got to try to do our part. Let God do his part. Get in the small group. Get, get, get in. Come over here to celebrate recovery. Um, do life with other believers. 
make a habit. It's going to be hard at first to read the Word. Read the Word all the time. You know, born and raised in church, in and out of church, I never developed a habit of reading the Word every day until like the last 10, 15 years. I read the Word every day and it was hard. It was confusing. I didn't get it. I had to start, start with the simple stuff. Get in the Gospels. Just read you some Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go back to the Psalms every once in a while. Stick with the easy stuff. Let it speak to you. You're going to gain curiosity. The Spirit's going to keep speaking to you. The point is to mature so that you can get to a place where you wake up every day, you leave your house, and you ain't looking with your physical eyes no more. You're looking with spiritual eyes. You're seeing things that are unseen. Right? Then you can see the war. You can see the battle. When you see that guy out on the street begging for money, when you see the drug addict, when you see all these people, when you see the hurting people, and you have a tendency, if you're successful, if you're not that person, you, you might have pity, but you might look at that person and say, well, you know, you can't get what you deserve, right? That's looking with physical eyes. That's looking at what can be seen. You're not seeing with what is unseen. Remember how... I walked through a bunch of my life and I asked you to, to look at your life while I was doing it. Did you do that? Did you think about your life a little bit? Think about all them times you screwed up and you were sincerely sorry to anybody that you may have hurt. And more importantly, you were sorry to God Almighty because you know he's holy. What did he do for you? Did he, did he chastise you? Did he beat you up? I'm sorry, that's your last, that's your last straw. You ain't getting in. I'm done with you. You're too, you're too broken. You're too screwed up. No, he didn't. He gave you grace, didn't he? He poured it on you. He poured it all over you. If he gave you, he picked you up. He brushed you off. He kept building you up. Everybody out here, these poor people, these, the least of these, as Scripture says, what they've never known, Lord. What if, what if they've never had an opportunity to meet someone who's known Jesus? What if they weren't raised like I was by Christian parents? What if all they've ever experienced is the devil and what the world has to offer? They can't help the shape they're in. They're waiting for somebody to come along that can see with spiritual eyes. They can just take a moment to treat them like a human being. You know, there's some people that have been homeless for so long, so just... They don't even feel human. No one talks to them. They ain't got no roof over their head. They're digging food out of the garbage can. It don't have to be that severe, but there are people out there like that. Do you think God values that person any, any less than he values you? No. Should we value that person any less than God values that? No. Right? Well, you can't. That kind of compassion does not come from the natural you can't have it. You can't have it. The, the natural wants you to divide people. The natural wants us to put folks in categories. Those that, that have and those that don't have. And if you ain't got some, you better just put your boots on, pull them up, and get on out there and work. Make something of yourself. Well, some people don't have that in them. Some people need us to go out and help them. Give them a hand up, right? When, uh, like I said, what time is it? 11.30. Man, I got to quit. I'm out of time again. I'm going to have to preach again. You're going to stay just a minute longer, I'm telling you right now. I just want to tell you, 
that when I came to Kevin and said, I believe the Lord's got something for me to say, and I don't know what it is, and he's telling me, don't even make a sermon. Just get up there and talk. I was telling him that even though I'm, I had to retire from the plumbing world for a couple of reasons, my body's too old, I can't do it no more. And I was really jacked up with the IRS, and it just made more sense that I, I needed to quit what I was doing physically, and I needed to be an employee rather than an employer, or I was never going to crawl out of this. I had been going to a chiropractor for a year and a half because my body had gotten so bad that I couldn't sleep at night, I couldn't walk, couldn't go up downstairs but one leg at a time. I was just hurting all the time, hurt, hurt, hurt. Well, chiropractor got me straightened out, healed up. I didn't have no more physical pain. And even though I was in the shape that I was in with the IRS, and even though I had left self-employment, I had been blessed with a, with a job with a new employer. And even though I had these things against me, my physical limitations, this, this deal with tax attorneys and the IRS, and I'm no longer my own boss, I was at peace. I was at such peace. I had come to this place where I just kept focusing on the blessings that God gave me. I kept focusing on the things he had delivered me from. I kept just, it just amazed me at the gifts that he has given me and how he provides for me every day. And I told Kevin, I'm, I'm at such peace. I got to tell people. You got a date? And this was like two months ago. And he said, yeah, November 13th. Fine. Put it on the calendar. Well, somewhere around the next day, the enemy said, oh, yeah, you think you at peace? <laughs> he said, let me see about that. And so all my physical pain started coming back. The, the things at work, if I could have a complaining customer, complaining customer. If I needed products and they're supposed to be there, they ain't coming. It just hammered me. The last two months, the enemy has hammered me, hammered me, hammered me. He has tried to make me doubt. He said, yeah, God told you to speak without a sermon, but you can't do that. You're just going to get up there and look like an idiot. You're not going to have anything to say, nothing of value. You can't do it. And really, for the real reason, that's why I kind of wrote these scriptures down, because I was doubting. I fell back into doubt for a little bit. And I stayed in that doubt long enough to where I tried. I did. And I got cold feet pretty bad starting a couple of weeks ago. And I said, man, I got to, I got to, you know, I got to write something down. I got to get these scriptures in order. And I'd sit down and I'd stare at these things. And the scriptures wouldn't even make sense much. So I couldn't put them in no kind of order. Because God said, no, you're just going to get up there and talk. Would you please trust the Lord? Would you please? Would you, would you accept His grace? Would you continue in your walk? Try to do, do your part to mature. The maturity will be a benefit to you, but moreover, it is necessary because there's a dying world out here. I got, I got, I'm not certain, but I think I got one son that ain't made a commitment yet. I got nieces I know ain't made a commitment yet. I got people in my own family ain't made a commitment, much less all these other people out in the world. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ on this earth. When we, when we pass away and we stand before judgment, are any of you going to be there to judge me? No, I'm not going to be there to judge you either. 
Who is going to judge us? A holy and righteous God. Get your heart right. Get your heart right. You can fool yourself. You can fool other people, but you ain't fooling God. He's going to give you grace when you stumble, when you're short. If your heart is right, he's going to give you grace, but he's going to hold us accountable. He's going to say, you heard the word. I gave you my gift. I gave you this opportunity. I put this person in front of you. Why didn't you help this person? I don't think that he's going to deny our place in heaven because of it. But I believe that I'm going to be held accountable. He's going to ask some hard questions. And so I strive not to, not to satisfy you guys, not to people please is the little term we had in silver recovery. I, I'm just trying to please my Father in heaven who has done so much for me. And the band's going to come back up, and we're going to sing one more song. And, um, man, if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, look, I'm just an old plumber. I'm just a knucklehead. I'm telling you, you don't have to go to seminary to get knowledgeable about the Lord. You just got to do your part. You let God do his job. You do your job, and you're going to keep growing. He knows it's a process. He's going to help you through that process. We're going to come along together with each other. We're going to do life together. We're going to help each other through the process. And we do that so that we can become overflowing vessels when we're out there in the world to these broken people. I don't want nobody to be without Jesus when they pass, and the Lord does not either. And we can't save nobody, right? I love these things. Y'all like these things? They're addictive. My, you see what you see? What all right? Sunflower seeds. I got a favorite flavor, ranch. These are just plain. This is this is all I can do. I just run around casting seeds. It's all I can do. Just casting seeds. It ain't up to me where they land. It's not up to me whether it sits on rocky soil, fertile soil. This is all I can do. This is what I hope that I've done today. Just throw some seeds. Throw some seeds. God loves you. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.